Town Bank Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 512138. This is not a commitment to lend. Welcome, everyone, to the January edition of Wilmington's Mortgage News. I, of course, am your host, Tyler Crawley. And with me, as always, is the co-host, David Massione, sales manager here at Town Bank Mortgage, Eastern North Carolina. And uh, David, thanks for uh, being here. Appreciate it, as always. Good afternoon, Tyler. So, got to get it out of the way. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we got we to gotta do the compliance issues. So, my NMLS number is 202-8201. David's is eleven seven three seven eight, and you probably could just say that. You probably have it memorized at this point. So I actually I do not. don't. Oh, you don't. <laughs> I was going to ask if you had them there's memorized. Certain numbers that stick in my head. Have you ever seen me reach for my card? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking for my NMLS number. See, these are things that you're supposed to do before the show starts. <laughs> you never. I think I was told never ask a question that you don't at least know the answer to. I, I, I actually, that's more if you're an attorney. If you're a lawyer. Right. Um, all right. So the purpose of this podcast is to talk about um, kind of what's happening um, with regards to the mortgage markets, how that's going to impact real estate, especially here in southeastern North Carolina. And what we've been watching, of course, I mean, you know, David and I, and of course, the uh, mostly the anyone who watches any real estate news, the two big reports and we talked about it on the last podcast, uh, it's it's inflation data. And it's the jobs report. And the way it works, every month we get the jobs report almost right at the beginning of the month. And then later in the month we get CPI, which would be inflation data. We are going to start with jobs because that's what we got earlier in this year. And once again, David, we got another pretty good jobs report. Um, It was below the average that we saw last year. Economists were expecting about 200,000 jobs. We got about 223,000. So it was a beat showing the labor market still pretty strong. So it wasn't what people were hoping to see, even though we did create jobs. It's funny that people want to see a weaker yeah, job market. Because in, in, in another era, you know, right now the weaker job market, it, it means that the Fed is achieving its goal of slowing the economy down. And the reason that they're trying to slow the economy down is to slow inflation. So in other times, a strong job report would have actually raised interest rates. Yeah. And this was a, a jobs report that lowered interest rates because they thought that the Fed was, well, yeah, I don't know. It's just things are things are getting turned on their head. <laughs> well, like, that, that is very true. Is that right? Did yeah. I get that right? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's very weird because like we, we see these job numbers come out and you kind of like inside, you're like, yeah, people are working, they're going back to work or they're getting new jobs or whatever. There's jobs being created. But then you're like, oh, no, we actually want a slower jobs report because that will that will uh, show the Fed that things are moving in the right direction, that their their rate hikes are cooling things off. And therefore, we're going to see um, possibly fewer rate hikes because we are supposed to continue to see rate hikes. It's, it's not an issue of they're not they're going to pull back rates it's are they going to slow down but the day that the fed the day that we got that data mm-hmm. we actually had interest rates went down yeah but that was because of the wage portion was it not because the wages are not accelerating yes. as much as expected yeah. so actually right now the, the the bond market is we're having good days and bad we're actually well off the highs in interest rate but that's because people do believe that the fed is eventually going to achieve its goal of slowing down slowing the economy but specifically raising the un- unemployment rate yeah and and as i mentioned the 223 number i think in 2021 um, or 2022 <laughs> getting my years confused um last year we'll keep it simple last year 
I think they averaged about 350 a month right. because we had a really big start of 2022. And so even though this number did beat the street, as they say, um, it was much lower than the average that we saw. So it, it, it is kind of in a way a sign that the labor market is cooling compared to, to where we were. So maybe that's one of the reasons why. But let's get into the other big report, which, of course, was the CPI report, Consumer Price Index. That shows us what's happening with consumer prices, which is the big inflation report. And always, it's important to remember that the Fed looks at PCE, not the CPI, but we all look at the CPI. The media loves the CPI. And it showed a slowdown, uh, 6.5%. Last month, uh, we were over 7 And this was the sixth straight month um, of declines. Um, so we're still seeing price growth, but it is slowing. Well, and it's been it's interesting how just important the CPI report has become. And it's always been an indicator of what interest rates should do. Inflation, inter, you tell me, again, this is the third show we've done, and I've said it three times. You tell me what's going to happen with inflation, and I will tell you what's going to happen with interest rates. But the thing is, is in the last 14 years, we really haven't had any inflation. And so the CPI really, it was important, but it kind of lost its luster because we just knew there was never going to be any inflation. But yeah. in the last two years, CPI has become front and center <laughs> because clearly inflation is not transitory. And, you know, but you're right. It has come down. The question is just like interest rates. Interest rates, you know, where the 30-year fixed rate peaked at around 7-something, and now we're down, guess, getting closer to 6. It, it, you know, nothing goes straight up or straight down. There's always a stair step up or a stair step down. So, you know, is this one of the – are we having a stair step down in inflation before it accelerates again? Mm-hmm. Or are we really – is it over? And that's why in that CPI – or the, that employment report, that's why I got it a little backwards when we first started talking. Normally, you know, inter, the day that interest rates came down – yet employment rose, yeah. it was the wage, you know, the, the inflation portion of any economic indicator right now has become where they drill down into the numbers. It's always, what are prices doing? You know? Yeah. So then the CPI, you're right. It has, where, what is the last CPI? The, what's the official CPI in the last report? The, so 6.5. And we peaked out at what? 9. Point, 9.1 in right, June. Right. So, you know, we're down, you know, we just... The, you know, everybody believes that the Fed is going to pause or, or do something different, but the Fed has continued to talk about the fact that they're going to continue raising rates, albeit at a slower pace. And, and I think it's kind of, what's kind of interesting, too, that, you know, you look at this report and people will say, oh, well, I think inflation is, is higher than this. And this is a debate that I, I feel like since I've been paying attention, people have been arguing this is the right number. This is the wrong number. Right. But. You know, when these reports come out and you see things like slowing, inflation slowing, once again, prices aren't falling. They're just not increasing by a lot. And so if every month uh, prices are still going up, even though it's only showing you this one number, if it's been doing it for two years, you have to take that into account. And so it's not it's not saying that inflation is 6% from the beginning that we left the pandemic. It's just saying it's 6% at the end of December versus last December. That's what that number means. It's right. not taking everything into account. Right. Inflation is probably much higher when you take the full um, uh, when we got out of the pandemic. Now, to see it, to, to inflation falling, right, that just simply means that the pace of price increases yeah. is slowing down. To actually see prices fall would be either disinflation or deflation, depending on the definition of the two. You know, and we're not seeing deflation. No, there's no question. Yeah, no, we're not. Well, I, I did see um, deflation in used car prices. I think it was that and, ga- and uh, gas prices. We've actually seen prices fall year over year, only because they skyrocketed so much last year. Everyone's well aware. And um, uh, used car prices also skyrocketed. And we've actually seen 
uh, a year-over-year decline, but they were so elevated last year, it's not going to feel like relief. That's the one takeaway, I think, is that even if you do see a little deflation, we're talking about the highs, so you're still not going to feel that much relief. Well, and of course, that's why they they take the core rate of inflation, yeah, yeah. the core CPI, which is taking out food and energy, which, which to me has always been, I don't want to use the word fallacy, to me it's always been, to the average person on the street, what what do they spend their money on? You know, shelter, food, transportation. Yeah. You know, and you think about it to take to take energy out of the out of the equation in the core rate. You know, how many things do we buy are are put on a truck? How many times? Yeah, like, how much fuel did it take to get a bottle of wine from Napa, California, to Harris Teeter or the wine store? You know, I mean, you think about that. So, you know, but right now people aren't looking at the core; they're looking at the overall rate. And the over, I mean, they do look at the core, but yeah. the overall rate of inflation is still high. That's why the Fed feels like they need to continue on. Well, that, that's also one of the other things that's also that uh, I've been hearing a lot about is people are saying, you know, you, we've looked at what's happening with home prices these last two years. Just they've, we, we, they've, they've gone up a lot. There's no doubt about that. I think 40% when all is said and done is how much appreciation we saw on average nationally. Right. Um, and you were looking at the CPI data and the shelter costs, which is what represents, you know, rent and, and um, housing costs was up like you know, three, four percent. And so people were like, what's going on here? Well, there's a lag with that number. And now it's finally coming in. And that makes up, I, I think it's a third of CPI shelter costs. So what, so, you're, so what you're saying is new leases being signed yes. have not, meaning you're going to pay more for rent yeah. now than you did a year ago. Yeah, rent, buying a house, right. everything is up. because so. so shelter costs are up. And so now that's coming in. So even if we did actually see deflation with some other aspects of this report, the shelter costs are going to probably offset that, right? And if not more so, and so that's it's just it, it's just what complicates kind of these numbers and understanding. And so you'll see less, you know, food costs, but then your rent goes up, or you know, you wouldn't buy a house. And so that's what that's one of the benefits of of buying a house and locking in a rate, <laughs> right? And of course, you know, to the average American, you know, all they've seen for the last two years is that they have less disposable income because. They've had to pay more for a house, more for groceries. You, know, you and I talk about it, you know, my bag of onions, because I cook a lot. <laughs> you know, my bag of onions has gone from $1.29 that it was at Harris Teeter for years and years, and now it's at $2.99. And and that's not, you know, I can, am I still going to buy the onions at $2.99? Yeah, I need my onions for what I cook. But the what what what's happening is, what te- that tells me personally is I think inflation's higher. Yeah. At least at the peak, it's higher than what the numbers say. Now, of course, you know, let's bring this all back to interest rates. That's why interest rates peaked out at 7.5%, and that's why now, because of, we, the, the, because of the fact that we've seen inflation go from 9.1% to 6.5, you said, yeah. you know, that's why interest rates have backed off a little bit with the hopes that the Fed is going to slow down their rate or stop their rate hikes. They call it the pivot. There are people that are calling for the Fed to stop now. I personally would rather see the Fed go a little bit further because I want inflation, because if inflation reaccelerates, rates are going higher. So let's get the job done. That's my, that's just my personal opinion. Let's get the job done. Let's get interest rates to where they need to be because the cure for higher interest rates, and I think I said this last time, is higher interest rates. Yeah. You know, the Fed will stop inflation and then interest rates will truly come down. They won't come down a little bit and then wait for the next CPI number and bounce back up. They will truly make a move down. I hope, you know, but I hope that the next CPI report shows that inflation goes to 2%. <laughs> <laughs> because then the Fed would be cutting just as fast as they raised. Um, Bullard agrees with you, by the way. The, About uh, um, that, he said that he's when, when the um, uh, the CPI report, or I can't. There was I can't remember which report it was. 
uh, or I'm sorry, it was the PPI, which we'll talk about here in a second. PPI came out this week. And he was like, whoa, everyone, we're going to keep raising rates. And I hope we keep raising rates. I hope we don't, we don't buckle under this pressure, uh, you know, political pressure, public pressure. We're going to keep moving rates forward. And so he did say that. He was like, we're my, I want to see us go full steam ahead. And since I mentioned producer prices, uh, of course, producer prices are important because this is what the producers pay. Right. And that, of course, is going to influence what the consumer pays. And this was an even better report. The producer price index fell 0.5% in December. That was much bigger than the 0.1% drop that economists thought, and it was the biggest decline that we have seen since February 2020, month over month, which puts the producer price index now up 6.2%. That's a full point lower than where we were in November. And so that's what got, and it's the lowest level that we've seen since March 21. So that's why everyone was like, oh, rates, and then Bullard was like, Slow down. <laughs> well, and what I want to point out about about James Bullard is Bullard's a dove. Yeah, like yeah. he's he's the guy that was always making excuses to keep interest rates <laughs> down, and now he wants to raise interest. That's a good thing. I, I, it's, I'm glad to see that the Fed isn't making excuses not to raise interest rates. They're not saying you know the transitory word is gone. We have inflation, and they jumped on it. They raised they've raised rates four times, three quarters of a percent. What they do? They want a half, then four three quarters, yep. and the next ones expect to be a quarter. So they're serious about it. I mean, they're serious. So and in, in I don't know. Have they stated? where they need to see inflation go before they actually stop. No, I don't think they'd ever say that. Right. Um, they've said that they want to get the, the Fed funds rate to over five and a little bit over five. Right. We're so going to five. Yeah. So they've made it very clear about that. Um, but no, I don't think I don't think they ever get specifics, you know, because they don't want to then get stuck if it hits that number and then they don't lower rates and then, you know, the market freaks out. So um, they, they tend to be very sort of ambiguous right. with what the numbers are. Um, I did want to jump into these because these aren't, as watched as the reports that were, these are these are very heavily watched by everyone. Um, like I said, in real estate and finance, but there are some other ones that aren't as watched. But I thought these numbers were important, and this was mortgage demand. So, right. mortgage demand comes out weekly from the Mortgage Bankers Association. It's a pretty interesting report. It just shows like people going into uh, different companies and 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 getting an application. Doesn't mean they're moving any forward. It's just sort of the basic, the beginning of getting a mortgage and all year it was up a little bit down a lot and it we hadn't seen good numbers in a while and to start january to start 2023 i think the first week we were up like one percent which was good you know seeing up but this last week it jumped 28 percent, and it was like whoa right. <laughs> like to see a jump that big and it was funny because you were emailing the team here at town bank about a lot of the activity that you saw this weekend, you were getting calls from realtors and some of your partners. And so the last it, it two was, weekends. actually. Yeah. And so to me, I went, cause I was actually on Twitter um, earlier this week and someone was saying, what, what do you think the report's going to be? And I said, I got a good feeling. I didn't think it was going to be 28%, but That's I thought it was going to be a good report. And it was like, okay, here's the evidence that we're seeing the housing market finally, you know, start to maybe kind of get out of the, the bottom of where we were. Well, how big of an increase is it? If I pulled zero credit reports two weeks <laughs> ago true. and then went to four, you know, I mean, it's, there's no question that that the activity, the phones are ringing. Mm-hmm. And this is the team has confirmed this. The phones are ringing. I think people needed to get through the holidays. They just didn't want to bother thinking about interest oh, rates. Yeah. 
and you know the bottom line is we know that the demand in this in at least in North Carolina the supply and demand imbalance is there we keep talking about that we don't have enough houses there are people that need to buy houses and you know they just had to get used to the fact that instead of getting a three or four percent mortgage they're going to get a six percent mortgage hopefully they're going to get to refinance somewhere in the next two years but if they don't rates keep going higher they're going to be very happy they bought a house now well I did see someone point out that the best way to get people, because I mean, let's face it, for the last decade, we've seen historically low interest rates. Right. We hit a low that probably we'll never see again You know, during the pandemic. Not a, in my life. A two-handle is just crazy. Um, and so people got kind of used to that, and they said there was no, there's no better way to get people used to the idea of more normalized rates, which is where we were for the majority of this country's existence, um, than to see rates go to like seven and a half and then kind of come back, and they're slowly making their way back down. And this week, we've seen some good rate movement. So, I mean, it's it, it's been, um, it's been uh, an, an interesting time uh, in housing, no doubt, to go from sort of just absolutely on fire to kind of this this cool down period and now we're kind of getting back to normal and i just don't know if people remember what normal is well normal you know i'd like to point out that i bought my first house in october of 1993 mm-hmm. that happened to have coincided with a refinance boom where rates had been I don't know, you, know, you pick your top you know yeah. from 18 to 15 to 13 and so at that bottom in october of 93 the 30-year fixed rate bottomed at six and three quarters so that was the bottom you know, hopefully we're going to see interest rates peak somewhere near six and three quarter. We know they peaked, you know, a month and a half, two months ago. They were yeah. closer to seven. We we're in yeah. the seven solidly. Yeah. So hopefully we've seen the top. You know, we if if we haven't, you know, I think we may. Well, we may retest that top, but it's all in perspective. You know, interest rates throughout the 90s and the 2000s, we routinely saw six percent routinely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, and that's what's funny is just sort of get like I said, getting back to this normal but it's just been so abnormal for so long that it's now normal seems weird. I think that's one of the problems. Six is the new three. Yeah. <laughs> like orange is the new black. Uh, and then before we go, I also wanted to jump on builder confidence because as you mentioned, right. I mean, there's no doubt our, our country is just incredibly underbuilt. I've seen anything from 1.5 to 5 million homes being underbuilt is that nationally. Um, and in Wilmington is probably worse in all honesty. Uh, but builder confidence has been falling all year. For the first time in, I think this was the, the, in over an over a year, because January is when it started last year, um, we saw builder confidence jump up. So it, it's at a low level, um, but it did move move up, and that's that's a good sign. Um, you know, there's still a lot of building activity in Wilmington. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and, and but it's just, it's just good that we've seen some. Oh yeah, Brunswick County. <laughs> in particular, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting that three of the people that I've talked to in the last three weeks that are actually working on contracts right now, they're going through their due diligence. Like one's trying to figure out if they can build a fence in the neighborhood. I mean, they mm-hmm. just want to be sure. But these are all houses in the three hundred thousands, and the builders are not coming off their ask price at all. It's, and it's already been decided. You know, several. They're all going to pay full price. The question is, can one, you know, wants to know if they can put a fence in. The other one wants to know, you know, when for sure the house can be done. I mean, they're just trying to f- make sure of some details. But the builders in that price range are not coming off their price. So what, what does that tell you? That's, yeah. They're confident. Yeah, they are. No, I mean, you don't buy it, somebody else will. <laughs> you know? No, that's especially in an area like this yeah. where, uh, oh, and, and, and I did want to mention this because it, it relates. Uh, uh, I saw some data from, I think it was... Uh, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it was looking at uh, migrations and job openings. And in particular, they saw for the first time, 
I believe in the history of this country, Florida had more jobs than New York. Oh, wow. And it was like, wow. Like we knew that Florida was, just, I mean, you look at all the data and, and Tampa, Miami are just leading rents and, and home price appreciation. So you knew it was hot, but it's gotten to the point now where there are now more people in, with more jobs in Florida. And I think that's a sign just for what's happening in the South. I mean, you look at, I think Zillow came out recently and said that Charlotte was going to be the hottest market of 23. And we've seen what's happened in Charlotte already. It's amazing. That's it's going to remain as hot as it is. And so it just shows you what's happening in the South. I thought Florida was part of New York. (laughs) There there has always been that connection. There's no doubt about that. And they finally, now we can argue that New York is part of Florida. There you go. That's that's, that's true. That's, that's true. the new. That's the new uh, reality for Florida there. But obviously, um, there's a lot going on in housing, and so that's why if you have any questions, uh, give the team here a call at Town Bank Mortgage uh, here in Southeastern North Carolina, and David or anyone else on the team can uh, you know answer your questions that you might have about what's happening with rates, what's happening with the housing market, because that's that's what we do. We we pay attention to that, and so. Give us a call. Go to the website, emails, however you want to get in contact with us. Well, this has become my mantra. If rates go up, you're going to be happy you bought a house today. Yeah. And if rates go down, you're going to be happy you bought a house today because, A, when rates go down, there's going to be a lot of people who think they're waiting for rates to go down. So there's still that demand that's going to pop up and you're going to be competing against a lot more people if rates go into the fives or the fours. So, you know, buy now. If rates go down, refinance later. If rates go up, buy now and be happy you bought now. Yeah. So I, I I think we can end it there. There. David, as always, appreciate it. All right, thank you.